We are a people stained by sin, made clean by water and blood, by community of faith, by sacrifice of love, by your loving design, Father, to make us your own people. As we hear your word, break your bread, share your cup, and take your incredible gifts, please help us to live in your presence. We ask this through our Lord Jesus Christ, your Son, who lives and reigns with you in the unity of the Holy Spirit, God, forever and ever. Amen. A reading from the book of Leviticus. The Lord said to Moses and Aaron, If someone has on his skin a scab or pustule or blotch, which appears to be the sore of leprosy, he shall be brought to Aaron the priest or to one of the priests among his descendants. If the man is leprous and unclean, the priest shall declare him unclean by reason of the sore on his head. The one who bears the sore of leprosy shall keep his garments rent and his head bare and shall muffle his beard. He shall cry out, unclean, unclean. As long as the sore is on him, he shall declare himself unclean since he is, in fact, unclean. He shall dwell apart, making his abode outside the camp. The word of the Lord. A reading from the first letter of St. Paul to the Corinthians. Brothers and sisters, whether you eat or drink, or whatever you do, do everything for the glory of God. Avoid giving offense, whether to the Jews or Greeks or the Church of God, just as I try to please everyone in every way, not seeking my own benefit, but that of the many, that they may be saved. Be imitators of me, as I am of Christ. The word of the Lord. The Lord be with you. A reading from the Holy Gospel according to Mark. A leper came to Jesus and kneeling down begged him and said, If you wish, you can make me clean. Moved with pity, he stretched out his hand, touched him and said to him, I do will it, be made clean. The leprosy left him immediately and he was made clean. Then warning him sternly, he dismissed him at once. He said to him, See that you tell no one anything, but go, show yourself to the priest, and offer for your cleansing what Moses prescribed. That will be proof for them. The man went away and began to publicize the whole matter. He spread the report abroad so that it was impossible for Jesus to enter a town openly. He remained outside in deserted places, and people kept coming to him from everywhere. The Gospel of the Lord. It was 3 a.m., and a young couple were in bed, and their two-week-old daughter started crying in her crib. So the wife nudged her husband and said, come on, get up, the baby needs her diaper changed. Remember what you told me when I did the last one? 
that you would take care of the next one. You said, of course. And the husband, kind of half asleep, looked at her and said, I meant the next baby. <laughs> of course. We can almost hear Jesus saying that to the man who had leprosy. Of course, I do will it be made clean. When we say the Our Father, we say, Thy will be done. The will of God, we pray that it will be done. That's exactly what Jesus is doing. He doesn't want anyone to be sick. Yet we know, of course, that many were sick, and people kept coming to Jesus from everywhere to be cured. But that was not the first and, uh, and foremost, most important reason why Jesus came. Yes, he, he performed many, many physical miracles, but he came to cure us from the, the worst illness that ever existed, which is sin. That's what leprosy symbolizes in this instance. Even in the first reading, we heard that Moses and other leaders set up very specific guidelines for this horrible disease. It was horrible because it almost wiped out entire cultures. So Jewish people and other nations around them had very strict orders for leprosy, what can be done and what cannot. Perhaps you will still remember the guidelines we followed during the pandemic, right? The social distancing, not being physically able to, to be together. It was, of course, to prevent from spreading the, the, the virus. So leprosy was a horrible disease. It, if, you, if you were diagnosed with it, it's as if somebody gave you a certificate to live in exile. Sometimes it was a death certificate also, because there was no cure. Thankfully, now we do have cure for it. But back then, people had to be isolated from everyone. They lost their jobs, they lost their family and friends. They had to live in the outskirts of their villages or towns, in caves, or in shelters, in whatever shelters they could make. They made their living by begging along the streets, asking for some alms, for a little bit of bread, or some money. And, of course, when a healthy person was approaching, they had to yell, unclean, unclean. Can you imagine living like that? Yet, that's how people lived. So, Moses set up very specific guidelines to prevent, of course, people from, contain, from getting contagious. And, of course, Jesus, and when he encountered this man, he had pity on him. And he did something that was not, he was not supposed to do. He stretched out his hand and he touched him. That was unthinkable. That was not to be done because that's how the disease spread. People with this disease slowly lost their fingers, their toes. Their faces were disfigured. So it was a horrible way to live. Yet Jesus had pity, had compassion on this man and said, I do will it. Of course, be made clean. And the man was so happy that he actually went and did what Jesus told him not to do. He publicized his whole, this whole matter. He was so happy to go back to his family, to perhaps to get his job back, that he couldn't help himself. So Jesus didn't take his cure away, but he understood this man is so, so happy. Something, something happened to him. Thy will be done. So we see that Jesus is not allowing any uh, rules or guidelines to prevent him from doing something good for this man. He will do anything and everything for everybody. Good, of course. There is a story of a young man who was very much in love with his uh, girlfriend, Susan. His name was uh, Arnold. And um, on one occasion, he wrote her a letter that said this, My dear Susan, I, I love you so much. 
I would, I would swim the mighty ocean just for one look into your eyes. I would walk through the wall of fire just to be able to touch your soft hand. I would traverse, traverse the widest river, climb the highest mountain, just to hear one word from your soft lips. I love you very much. In, with love, Arnold. And then he wrote, P.S. I will come to see you next Sunday if it doesn't rain. <laughs> so, Jesus never put ifs on, on anything. He said, the, the uh, man with leprosy said, if you will, you can make me clean. Jesus didn't say, I don't know if I can do it. Maybe, you know, he could have said to him, you deserve this condition. You're, you're a sinner. This is your punishment. No, he didn't do that. He didn't put any ifs. He did. And we know, in a, in a, in a meta metaphorically speaking, Jesus walked through the wall of fire, wall of suffering for us to wash away our sins. As I said, that, that's what leprosy symbolizes. And of course, when we hear that people were separated, estranged from one another because of this disease, we need to remember what sin does to us. It estranges us from God. We don't feel right. We don't feel peace within our souls. It estranges us from one another, from families, from friends. Grudges, pains, and suffering that sometimes we cause, they, they don't make us better. So that's why it's so helpful to listen to what St. Paul wrote to the Corinthians in his first letter. He said, do everything for the glory of God. And he said, be imitators of me because I imitate Christ. That's why he was able to say it. He didn't say it in a boastful way. He said it because he truly followed Jesus. So again, that's an invitation for us. What behaviors we, can, we would be free to say to the people? You can imitate the, this or that. What behaviors or attitudes perhaps we would be hesitant to, to ask people to imitate? Again, with Lent coming, these are some of the things we can reflect on and perhaps make, make a plan to address them during the season of Lent. And of course, Jesus, uh, St. Paul, I should say, wrote these words, why? When he said, do everything for the glory of God. Because there were tensions among the early Christians. He said, when you drink, when you eat, you have to remember, in this way you also provide the example for your fellow brothers and sisters, because there were tensions. Those, for example, who were of uh, Christians who were from the Gentile background would buy meat in the market that was sacrificed to the idols. That meat, was, that meat was cheaper, so they would buy it. Those Christians that were of the Jewish background found, found it offensive. So there were these tensions. Some said, it's not right to buy and eat this meat. Some said, it is okay, even though it was sacrificed to the idols. So false gods. So Paul said, look, if your fellow brothers and sisters find it offensive, don't do it. Don't, don't scandalize them because it will never create uh, the kind of community you need to be. So he was asking them, do this for one another. Don't, make, don't create offense for one another. Don't, don't buy that meat. So we see that this was his way of trying to see this is what you need to be. This is how you can give glory to God by the way you live. Again, what about us? How do we give glory to God in our own lives? What do we do? How do we treat one another? When Jesus lived, something so unique happened that 
heaven came down to earth and people could feel God, be touched by God. There is an old Jewish legend uh, that describes how the spot was chosen where the temple in Jerusalem was built. What was behind it? So the legend says that there were these two brothers that lived on adjoining farms. And they had a beautiful harvest. One brother was married with many children, big family. The other one was single, living by himself. So after this bountiful harvest, the brother who was married with a big family said, my, my brother has nobody. He is lonely. He probably feels sad. So I'm going to cheer him up. I'm going to take some of my wheat that was now standing in sheaves on the, on the, in the fields. I'm going to take some of that wheat and put it on his property without him knowing, just to, just to be nice and kind, to cheer him up. The other brother, who was single, said to himself, my brother has many mouths to feed, big family. I'm going to take some of my wheat and put it on his property without him knowing. So they both made these plans, and at night they, they decided to carry out this plan. And it so happened that they met as they were doing this. And that was the spot that was chosen for the temple. Why? Because that's where heaven was nearest to earth. Again, we need to be people who make those spots visible and possible. This is what we are called to be. So Jesus showed us how to do it. We don't have to, uh, we don't have to cure leprosy. But we, we can address sin by God's love, by compassion, by mercy. That is the best cure that Jesus offers us. So let us, again, be inspired by the word that we heard. And let us ask ourselves, how will we make this miracle that Jesus performed happen? Who is that leper in our lives? Thanks for listening to this week's service. To stay up to date on the latest news involving our parish, please visit our website at goodshepherd-sc.com. Dot org.